0: Hi, I'm Tasha Weeks. And I'm Kelly Guyton. Welcome to Cultural Yours Mental Health. We will discuss all things mental health for people of color. Let's create our own narratives for our own experiences that affect us mentally,
1: emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Be informed, be supported,
0: be empowered.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Culture Yours Mental Health. Today, we want to dive a little deeper into one of our four Ds: um, deviance. It is the uh, behavior that differs significantly from what is considered appropriate or typical for a social group, um, and that is according to the American Psychological Association. Um, in today's society. How people of color behavior is deviant um, in many different ways, right? Many so I feel many. like a lot of places that it affects us most the workplace. We are there mm-hmm. all the time, more often than I would like to be, um, five days a week, 40 hour work weeks um, for many of us. And we're in these spaces and we have to make sure that we are dressed a certain way, are mm-hmm. here in a certain way, that we speak a certain way. Um, and if not, then we are deemed deviant from the norm, um, from people of color, right?
0: Exactly. And it definitely like speaks on, because we spend so much time there is probably where we would, one of the top places we feel it the most mm-hmm. you know, in, in our workplace you know thinking about what's you know you know when you, when you think about the definition about what um, is considered appropriate or typical for our social groups you think about what's typical or, or appropriate for a workplace what's supposed to be professional you know so you know Tasha, when you're talking about like how we wear our hair and what's considered professional and that's that's been a long, an issue in the past and today is still an issue you know what's supposed to be considered professional
1: yeah. Um, it, there's been a lot of changes, but there is progress, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to here, even within the military. Yeah. Um, you know, when I served <laughs> and I laugh because it's just like the, the rule, and the regulations is basically was is, was basically telling us that our here. Was out of regulation, the way it grew is out of regulation. You know, like it couldn't Natural be care. too many
0: regulation.
1: Right. Like it couldn't be too many inches out growing outwards from the scalp. Literally, you know, this was some of the, the words that was chosen to, to write these rules and regulation be within uniform. And a lot of it was just geared towards people of color and how our hairs naturally grew. Um, even to the point where they um, um dreadlocks wasn't accepted for
0: for a while. And finally, they started to be more accepting of that. And and so you guys know, I do have dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I work in a mental health field. Okay. And, you know, yeah.
1: people, people got kicked out of the military for, for having dreadlocks. but Now it's acceptable. Now it's within the rules and regulations, but there still has to be, like, a certain standard as to what that's supposed to look like. There's even rules and regulations as to what hair, color, we could dye our hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And that wording was crazy um, in the past. Um, But now, like where I work now, I on purpose made sure that I went to my job interview with big hair um, because I just didn't want to feel that pressure to look a certain way Mm -hmm. uh, that was deemed appropriate or how we should look in the workplace. Like I wanted to go in like this is what I look like every day, and I'm not gonna change it.
0: And that's being authentic. You know, you can you can align yourself to your culture. You can be yourself in a way that's still considered professional. You know, for myself, I, you know, would go to interviews with you know my natural hair. When I had before my hair was locked, I would wear it in a puff. You know, or I, you know, I used to put it in a bun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Some days it was just like that. I was just being <laughs> lazy. It wasn't so much to appease, but just simply it was a simple hairstyle. Now you know when I in the past when I went to you know interviews, I would wear a head wrap, and I'm not talking about a bonnet, y'all. I mean uh, a very you know a, a like a red or orange something that you know complements the color of my skin type of head wrap. You know that speaks to my culture. No, it did not get in the way of me getting a job offer and whatnot. It was to it was one, me just expressing and showing how that can flow in my professionalism. Mm-hmm. okay. And it was never commented against. In fact, actually got compliments. Yeah. Not from people of color, but from those who are white. Okay. Mm-hmm. Today, when I wear my locks, sometimes my locks are sticking out of my head wraps with my earrings and with my, you know, my white shirt. You know, basically it is no longer you know, this very white standard of how professionals can look. You can align yourself to your culture and still be professional.
1: Yeah. And I think some people are still um, hesitant or apprehensive to to do that, maybe because of past experiences, because of how they were raised and what they were taught as to what we're supposed to look like in workplaces. Um, I do believe it's gotten better over time in some places. And I feel like other places, probably not so much. Mm-hmm. But I think because people of color are being more unapologetic these days, and they're just like, "Look, this is what I look like. This is how I like to wear my hair. I'm gonna have these box braids going down to my ass, and y'all just gonna have to take it or leave it." Mm-hmm. And they just, and people are taking it. And I don't feel like we leave them much of a choice at this point.
0: Right, right. You know, um, and and speaking on just how we present at work, even the language that we may use. Now, there's, of course, professional language, you know, and most work cultures, um, intense cursing is not encouraged, but <laughs> maybe certain uh, terminologies are used to express, you know, I remember being in school, and this is not a saying anything against professionalism, but just certain words that come natural. So I remember just one time saying how ashy I was, and the person that was white didn't quite understand what I was saying. <laughs> Right. I didn't know the word ashy kind of thing. And and I was like, you know what? Let me change it differently. Hey, my skin is dry. Do you have any lotion? <laughs> 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 you know, it wasn't anything against it, but just being aware of how we talk in our day to day that seems so normal can come out in a place of work. Um and just how we can be more professional, or the word I like to use is diplomatic. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily denying your culture, but there is a way to stay within your cultural lines and professional. And I think it's a fine line, something that can be taught over time, but it's still going down to the authenticity. Um, you know, but I, I and, and, you know, Tasha, if you don't mind me touching on the concept of like when it comes to co-switching, because it's a fine line. Yeah. Okay. It's a fine line with, with the being authentic and then having a co-switch. And I think when we co-switch, and to be clear for those who don't know what co switching is, it means when you are switching from your own culture and how you normally talk, um, mm-hmm. and carry yourself and you're trying to assimilate to a white standard.
1: Okay. Yeah. Or what is being as uh,
0: appropriate. hmm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and being able to, um, you know, my first thought, you know, to, to be honest with you, Tosh is thinking like who sets the standards for that to even be a thing. That's
1: exactly. Cause this is why we titled this episode Deviant from Who's Norm, because where is he, where is it coming from? What, but we know where it's coming from, right? hmm
0: hmm Absolutely. Um, and so that that ends up showing showing up in the workplace, deviating from that norm, having to code switch. Okay, it's one thing when you are being a little more diplomatic. It's another thing when you are completely having to pull away from you know the. You guys can't see me. I talk with my hands. Air quote the norm to appease others. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. go ahead, Tosh.
1: Yeah. So like, I know within within my office we have um we have know people of color and a lot of the times because my office is the safe space as soon as the door closes I could already see the code switching happening okay. you know now they're more comfortable now they can speak freely um they don't have to sugarcoat they don't have to overanalyze what they're about to say and who they're saying it to um because the reason I mean the reason why we code switch in the first place because we're very aware that we have to make sure what we're saying is appropriate depending on the person that we're talking to not even professional not you know, it's not just a professional thing, but is this appropriate? Is this person going to take it the wrong way? Am I going to be seen as aggressive or am right. I going right. to as um, angry or um, someone who is just like always pushing back because I have a question? So and it, it becomes very frustrating um, if this is like your everyday work experience.
0: Absolutely. And you took the words right out of my mind. (laughs) Same thing what I was thinking. It, you know, it makes me, you know, think about, you know, how, how a person could, you know, not have to feel the need to to assimilate. You know, I recently had a conversation with an individual about how I speak to, you know, my supervisees, a supervisor, excuse me, my supervisor's when I'm expressing some concerns, you know, about the work culture or about just the relationship between between us. The mm-hmm. relationship. And I I often say, Hey, I need you to be a lot more direct with me. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is what I respond best to. And you know what? No, I don't know. no, I don't understand. And no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not okay with that. You know, and honestly, you know, it kind of sounds exactly how I'm talking now. I don't really put a lot of humor to it. There is a sense, there is me being assertive. But you know, and honest or authentic, like this is these are my needs, and this is what I respond best to, you know, in a professional way. I mean, actually, you don't play. Um, you're very stern. Um, no, <laughs> you know, <I> don't play. <laughs> you
1: <do> not playing. <laughs> when it comes to the things that you need and want at work, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's it, but you're right, Tasha. Something to be mindful because I know I'm stern. It can be easily misconstrued as the angry black woman. So yeah, I have found myself in in professional settings where I've had to take a step and just pause and just get quiet for a moment. Yeah, do the head nod. And it's like okay. And so what it ends up coming out is I hear you. Okay. Uh uh-huh. And then I, I I take a moment. And Sometimes I might have to do do it in writing. You know that professional tone.
1: I have to do a lot of things
0: in writing because
1: I am not the best when it comes to being what's deemed appropriate. <laughs> um, and that's just because I'm, I'm just a, such a straightforward person. Right. And I know that it can easily be taken the wrong way. But I find myself oftentimes just either asking like a colleague or even using these new like chat AIs. Like, how do you say you got me fucked up professionally? <laughs> I want to make sure, you know, and even when I I certain even when I end that email and I'm writing it and I'll show it to my friend and he's like, mm, the tone is a little condescending. I'm like, great, let's go with that. They're just like, uh-uh. don't, don't do it.
0: <laughs> i just switch the words around a little bit. I'm just like, ah, okay. And I, and I think that that's a really good example because we really want to express ourselves and be really clear about how we're made to feel. But there's a way to do that professionally and to be effective. I think, you know, you know sometimes, you know, under that concept of co-switching, you know, how can we be heard in this workplace? You know, how can I communicate effectively so that I can let it be known that I see what's happening. I'm not okay with it. And there's some changes that need to be made. And if I can't hit the whole thing of all the changes being made, at the very least, I will like this respect. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's not even, you know, even outside of the workplace, right? Um, What about the news outlets? Right, right. When it it comes to the news, so I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news in years um, because it's just very, angering. It can be very depressing. It's just, it's just nothing good that's on there. Um, and what I do for a living every day, I, I hear enough of heavy things. So I've removed news for my own mental health purposes. Mm, same. Um, so, but when, when I used to watch it and just the way that they portray people of color, Um it's very, that part is very angering and it's disheartening because um, when non people of color watch the news and they see it, they believe it to be true, right? So now they have this picture of how we are as a people. When it's literally, it could just be this one person or this, you know, this one incident that happened and it doesn't define a whole group of people, but this is what they do. Um, this is what they have been doing. And so when they actually come into people of color in real life and they're just like, Oh my God, you speak so well for a black person.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just <laughs> the shock of like, oh, you're not what I saw on TV. Yeah. That's so, so upsetting about watching the news so much because they'll play the same things over and over and over again. And like you said, it's just a snapshot of what's mm-hmm. happening in a community or in, you know, and when they're playing that over and over again, they're sending this very clear message to others, you know. And of course we can break down the news all day, but that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to to help people see a, what was considered, you know, that breakaway from from norms and what is norm, right? And, and we, and I but, want to see we, we, people of color, yeah, <laughs> are so much more than just these snapshots that gets portrayed on the news or on TV. And it's it's a, and it is disheartening that people are so surprised. I can't begin to tell you. How many times people commented on how I carry myself or, you know, the way I speak, you mm-hmm. know, speak or, or my interest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother thing.
0: Oh, no, thing, but we're we going to get on that. We're going to get that's on that just a moment. Black, well, I just wanted to let y'all know Black Girls Who
1: Love Anime is definitely a whole movement right now.
0: So. It is. It is. Love anime. <laughs> and then some.
1: And, and that's some of the things that's just deviant from... Their norm because if, if we're gonna say whose norm it's different from their norm because they put us in a box, mm-hmm. um, and so when we don't meet the criteria of what's in this box that we're in, it's just like, oh, you make all this money and you're not a rapper, you're mm-hmm. not a drug dealer.
0: Mm-hmm. I know,
1: like, oh, oh I don't as the breed, oh.
0: Oh, you're a professor, like yeah,
1: and they're just like why they looking at you different. you all smiling and stuff,
0: right? And 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 sometimes I've witnessed where the conversation takes place out of more like, how did you get there? I didn't like like they're a unicorn kind of thing, yeah. And yeah. there are many black kind of professionals too. out there, and, and and let me be clear, we're not knocking our athletes and our rappers. You know, you athletes and rappers, y'all got power, and you guys get, you know, you guys can really you have. You guys are. Multifacets. You know, you guys aren't just rappers and and athletes. Clearly, you guys are, are people of business as well,
1: right? Because we have our entrepreneurs, and you know, we have our our people in tech and stuff. Like
0: we out here, right? You know, um, but yet that's that's how we're portrayed in what's supposed to be considered the norm. And so, the deviance is supposed to be these other professional roles. That that's not a deviance. That is part of the norm. It's just not being in- in- included. As mm-hmm. the norm, you know, which is why it's so important that we represent ourselves and continue to I'm not even gonna say break the mold and whatnot, because it is it is part of the mold, you know.
1: Yeah, they need to, it's, it's more like abolish the mold the mold because we never created this mold in the first place.
0: Right. We didn't create that mold, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and just you know, and also comes to, come to think of it when, when it comes to these different types of roles and how we're portrayed you know thinking about the norms even within our own our own family
1: right because within our family though we can still see those molds um, where we are deemed to act a certain way because we are black or we are afro Latino or we are you know African American. Um, so there's these behaviors that are expected of us. And then what happens when we don't meet those expectations and that's considered deviant and inappropriate for our culture. hmm
0: You know, um, you know, for me, I know one of the, th- one of the comments I, I, I got from just within our own culture is, you know, the talking white. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years, you know, for years I was really baffled by that comment. I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, I'm not
1: even going to lie. Like as a kid, I definitely use the word Oreo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and just saying it out loud to myself, to you, to you guys, it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Guess, like, that's like how I feel for my younger self. Like never is- being as educated and just saying things that you hear other people say and you right. know being from the hood and, and these things were okay to say to other people of color because they spoke regular if anything. You know, because they didn't have that, I guess, the hood vernacular, you know, and it's just one of those things like I could imagine like being called that as a kid and just feel like you don't belong. Mm,
0: it's hurtful, you know, yeah. and and it's unfortunate because a lot of it, you know, I won't say a lot. I'll say some of it can come from just lack of exposure, you know, just not knowing that people of color Can be and do so many things, and it still Mm -hmm. be part of the norm, not a deviant. You know, um, just you know how you were talking about you know using the word Oreo because it was something that you you just heard and that was just that was just what you knew. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for me, the the being on the inside and you know people commenting on the way I spoke, it didn't really shut me up. It was just kind of like that was weird, and I just kept on moving. But then it made me think about, well, I, this is the only way I know how to talk, and I've always been surrounded by Black people, so I don't understand, like, are, right. are we the only people that can talk that way or, or talk properly? Are you saying, And then it made, to be honest with you, my as a child, my first thought was that so Black people are only supposed to sound a certain way, and then when I hear how White people imitate us, it really put things into perspective. Like mm-hmm. that's how they see us. And I was like, but that's not what I'm around all the time, right. <laughs> you know. Like my father has a PhD, my aunts and uncles have, you know, degrees. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't see that all the time, you know. Right. And, and, and I grew like up around accents. So it was just
1: it was for me. It was either accents or hood vernacular.
0: I got both. I got hood vernacular, and I got, you know, educated vernacular, if you will, and you yeah. know, it was to me, it was all normal. Okay. And so people who were not a part of my upbringing in that way looked at me as something as a, not a part of the norm as a Mm -hmm. deep. Okay. So I got the term talking white and I even, you know, starts to think about, you know, what, what that really means, you know, to be black. That's that's something that really just kind of pops up. You know, okay. and what we um what we like to do and how we express ourselves. And, yeah,
1: and when you say that, like what it means to be black, it's like it's such a fully loaded statement.
0: hmm
1: Um it, it's, it's just like it's so expansive.
0: It is. That was my that was my thought though, as a child. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, well, what does it mean to be black then? Because I don't know what else to do.
1: Right. And and just not knowing it in that and back then, just like it's all those things,
0: right? All of it, all of it, including down to you know some of the 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 interests, you know, and what we like mm-hmm. to do. You know, there are so many communities of for for people of color with so many vast interests, right? Yeah. You um. Hmm. And and, that I, and I recently, you know, recently went fishing and it was for a group of Black people. But while I was out there fishing, I also saw a group of Latinos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 20 feet away, I also saw a group of white people.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: 30 feet away, I also saw a mixed group of men and women of Latino, Black, and white. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, in certain communities... It's
1: just white people. It's I'm a white people, white people thing. And it's not something that is appropriate for people of color to do, which is so weird because it's fishing. Like it's how people eat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, once upon a time, it's how people survive. So it's just like, how how and when that, did that become a white person activity or the white standard of um, fishing or, or boating or camping, and these are just all these are things that's been around since native, you know. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like when we say, "Oh, that's just white people," when it comes to these types of interests, like like you were saying earlier, attached, like the anime, you mm-hmm. know, and and all these outdoor activities and RVing and camping, you know, kind of limits us yeah it limits us on what we're capable of and what's crazy
1: too is just like when they set these standards and sometimes we set it for ourselves for our own communities too it's just like they're just so it's not even rational or logical sometimes like for anime to be like a white person thing like it's not even created by white people is this japanese you know Korean (laughs) So it's like, how
0: do we get there? You know. And and I think it also. I think it also speaks to being able to allow one of each of us to be able to express ourselves to appreciate that we are able to have all these different interests and can still be a part of our culture, you know, just because mm-hmm. I like camping and anime, that doesn't mean I'm not black. It's just a part of my interest and my abilities, you know, and I still am proud to be African-American,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, I didn't, you know, that, I know my history. So I am proud because my, my existence represents survival.
1: Right. And another part of, um, black cultural expression, you know, is like talking with our hands and talking with passion or talking louder um, and with more expression that can also be viewed as being deviant from the norm.
0: Right. You know, and again, going down to what what or whom has been setting by that norm. If you're talking about white standard, yeah, that is different. And, and, and of course, if you put that in, in an even smaller box, consider deviant from a norm. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, uh, you know, black culture, how we, how we, how we talk, how we wear our hair, like our, our baby hair and our box braids, you know, um, how, you know, all of those things is part of the black culture. And, you know, and one thing we, we almost glazed over was, you know, when we come together. Uh,
1: Yeah, they don't like that.
0: Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: One or two, all right, but two to three,
0: y'all doing too much, right? What y'all got,
1: what y'all got going on? Yo, over what, there? what y'all
0: doing over there? <laughs> <About>. <laughs> I don't know. I seem a little, sus- a little
1: suspicious. A little suspicious, right? You know, you know that comes from like, um, what was it, the the Jim Crow laws, where mm-hmm. um, a certain amount of black people weren't allowed to to gather, mm-hmm. or else it looked like they was up to no good. Like y'all trying to. Are trying to band against the white people? Like what's what y'all doing? Somehow
0: you know? two or three together is, is considered a threat. Mm-hmm. Now that profiling starts happening. It's important to know where these things come from and why these things are, are still sticking around.
1: Okay. Right. Um, and and so sometimes I get really annoyed when I see other black people say things like, Oh, we can never have nothing, we can never have black people. We can never come together. There's always something bad happening. And that's not true because there are a lot of black events that happen all year round.
0: Where mm-hmm. nothing,
1: absolutely nothing happens. All over this, you know, this country, black people come together and it's a great event.
0: It is. It really is.
1: It's not always a thing for us. Absolutely and not. I, I wish people, black people would stop saying that about our own our own gatherings. Do bad things happen? Yeah, of course. Bad things happen all the time. It doesn't mean that it's happening because it's a black event though.
0: Right. It's, it's, it's not black people coming together immediately think bad things happen. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like when, when, when we start putting these, you know, we're clinicians too, you know, these black and white kind of thinking together, (laughs) you know, you know, and how we're supposed to portray ourselves and how we are, how we can't express ourselves in the place of work and, and, and co-switching and trying to you know, adhere to the supposed norms, you know, or white standards, that that pulls us away from our culture. That has a mental health effect on us. Yes, big time. You know, we can get, we can, we can have a person easily can go into a form of identity crisis and feeling lost or right. having low self esteem. You know, for, um, you know, you know, and I can, I can, I can speak to that to to a point. When trying to figure out, you know, uh, for me, now, Tasha, I know your experience might be a little different. Coming from East, West, East Coast, yeah. I can see the difference of Black culture and what my personal experience was. You know, when I lived in California, I actually felt very disconnected. You know, really? yeah, I felt very disconnected. Ironically, you no, know, I know Berkeley was like all of 30 minutes away somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I right. feel a little disconnected because like you were just saying, Tosh, all these different comments that were being said, uh, you know, within our own communities, you know, with with amongst ourselves. And of course, the, the personal comments about how I spoke and carried myself.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, so I learned to, as you say, you know, co switch within my own community.
1: Right. Because we we all want that. We all want to have that sense of belonging mm-hmm. um, but when we are. Deviating from what is considered normal for a social group or normal for a cultural group, um, it creates a lot of like um, just that negative inner Mm self-talk, a lot of of internalizing of, you know, how am I I supposed to be at work? How am I supposed to be with my family? How am I supposed to be in this social setting? Because I don't want to be as as different or not belonging, like I don't belong here in in some way. Um, And that that does affect people's self-esteem, to affect how you're viewing yourself, you wanna change. And you know, when you change, when you try to change who you are based on other people's like views, you're never gonna be happy that way because you're you're trying to please somebody else and instead of being happy with who you are and finding your group of people, your tribe of who you
0: belong right oh. and that that helped with you know having authentic relationships and 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 I want to point out cuz this is my little my little statement every time I talk about relationships the first thing we think when we, when we talk about relationship is you know as you were saying Tosh you know with other people mhm first relationship that's the most important is the one with ourselves mhm absolutely Having an authentic relationship with yourself,
1: mm-hmm. you have to wake up with yourself every day,
0: right? Right. If you're not having the authentic relationship with yourself, you know, understanding and aligning yourself to what's most important to you, then it's going to be, it's going to be hell finding your tribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you may not because you're not living authentically.
1: Yeah, and then you, when you're internalizing. And you're having these negative self-talks, and you're telling yourself, you know, and of course, it's based off your experience, so you believe it to be true that there is no one else who has the same interest as you, or there's no one else who does, who does these things. And I'm like, but if you're keeping it to yourself, you're not really sharing it with others, sharing it with the world. And how would you actually know that? Uh-huh. You and I always try to tell like my patients, like you would be surprised how many people have the same interest as you. Uh but there's actually a whole community if you would just give it a chance
0: right you know break away from what that that concept of norms Uh (laughs) you know know, being okay with you know going along with um deviant again y'all can't see me i'm I'm moving my hands with them air quotes the deviant Uh (laughs) you know finding what other people that have something in common with you you know um and, and, I, and I can speak to that personally on many levels um, in academia and my common interest and my love for being outdoors and, you know, my love for cooking and types of foods like.
1: yeah, I love that. I love that part.
0: Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> love a good meal? <laughs> I love your interest in cooking. I love that for us. Any person that says that they love my interest in cooking is because they get free food. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> You know, it's, it's an expression, you know, um, and just, and and we can talk about this all day long about finding like-minded or shared passion and creating um, these subcultures because it it is really healthy for the mind, body, Mm and spirit.
1: Yeah. Um, And I just think about like how we're not being our authentic selves that we can have these distorted core values and start having like these crisis identities and you know I, I've I think of people for so long who has who feel like they did everything they were supposed to do as a man or as a woman as a, a uh-huh. black person as whatever role that they uh-huh. with their family and it's like I did all the things I you know they lived up to these these standards that were set of how we're supposed to be what was deemed appropriate or you know that social group that you know that role and then they're not happy and they don't know why they can't figure it out because just like but i did everything to the to the T.
0: that it was expected of them
1: but i'm not happy right now now we have to like now we got to dig deep but are you with all these things that you were doing you're like was you doing it for yourself Was these are the things that are making you happy is, is this you being your authentic self like and sometimes people are just been doing it for so long. It takes a while to realize, like, I'm not happy with doing these things.
0: And not living purpose purposefully. Yeah. You know? Sure. Self-esteem. That's what helps build the self-esteem when you're living purposefully. Um, and, you know, when you have so many subcultures commenting on so many things, and I can give examples all day long when, you know, If you are um, from a West Indies type of culture, Mm -hmm. there there are comments about how you should eat and these diet fads and how your body should look. And so we'll just give up carbs. And carbs is a big part of the the culture. And then-
1: Yeah, like rice is a big part of my culture. Like we eat rice for any and everything. We love our our rice, rice and and coconut milk, rice and
0: it, girl, I'm get a, right? a recipe out just yet, <laughs> you know, but just thinking about how, if you were to align yourself with your culture and being okay with that, how you could respond differently when people are making those types of comments, you know, and it's kind of building up, it's kind of like building up a, like an armor. Yeah. When you align yourself to your culture and to who you are and to, you know, your authentic self, it becomes your armor. I'm not saying that you that your feelings won't get hurt or that you can't get annoyed but it doesn't deter you. Right? Like
1: it it does have like this certain level of confidence where you're not going to question who you are and right. the choice that you make for yourself because of someone says it's not appropriate or normal.
0: Right. Exactly. And cuz you know what your norm is is to your culture not somebody else's.
1: Right. You think I um. Man, the way the way my confidence—not my confidence in self—is set up these days. And trust me, I've come a long, long way. Uh huh. But can the light tell me nothing about me that I don't already know? Exactly. Um, so if someone was to tell me something about me, and I know it's not true, it's it's a laughable moment, honestly. Uh huh.
0: I, you know, and I'm with you on that, you know, there was a lot of shame behind my interest and in what I like to do and how I spoke, um, for a long time. I, I hid my intelligence.
1: Uh-huh.
0: For a very long time. Ironically, that was what I, one of the things I was bullied for, for actually knowing things.
1: <laughs> knowing things, I was definitely a low key nerd my whole life.
0: Right. You know, I, I once had a teacher say to me, you know, she, I don't know what she was accusing me of. She was a white teacher. And she made a comment and I was kind of confused. And I said, wow, I was like, I'm really dumbfounded. And she's like, whoa, Kelly, that's a big word. And I looked at her and I'm like, dumbfounded. I don't understand. It's not a big word. It means I'm confused. Not, right. Not <laughs> not, like how is that a big word? Like now we're not even staying on topic because you're more taken aback that I actually know another word to express myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to be clear, y'all, I was in eighth grade.
1: Okay. I don't, I don't, don't, yeah. So it It was, it it wasn't the norm for her, I'm sure. It was. It was a a young lady who was black.
0: Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I was, I was more, I was shocked that she was shocked, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't discourage me. Well, I'll put it this way. It made me be aware who it was safe to show my intelligence to. Exactly.
1: And that's when we start, when we had these experiences, we start getting gaining a better understanding of where I need to code switch at.
0: Exactly, you know, who am I
1: talking to right now? Do I need to say this to this person?
0: Right, you know, and sometimes even when we code switch and we do that, you know, and we want to be clear, like that's 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 an intentional act, you know. I, mm-hmm. I said, I said safety for a reason, because that's what I was feeling and started to learn about where is it safe to be myself. But guys, you know, when you are amongst your own or like-minded, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating when you see another person that's just not quite there yet. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, not able to quite express themselves and be like, hey, it's okay. You can let your hair down. Like I'm here for it because there's a lot of internal things that's going on. When I say internal, I don't mean just within the, the individual, but also within that that context, that space. That doesn't speak safety to them yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, be again, being mindful of when and how you are talking down to someone or expressing your own frustrations when you recognize code switching is happening and they refuse to switch back right. in your presence, kind of thing. You know, people are on their own path. People are working on themselves still and doing their own thing. You know, but it's still important that as you're doing your journey, as you're doing more, that you connect with yourself. You know, because. These things can really affect us our mental health and not just our self-esteem and our personhood and our identity, the way we even see ourselves physically, our body image. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, and 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 what is considered norm within each culture and how we look and carry ourselves.
1: I think what I what I really want our listeners to take from this um, when it comes to deviance and how it shows up in our everyday lives um what is deemed appropriate or not appropriate depending on where we're at and who we're with, but to also understand that this the the norm is is a social construct. Right. Um, it's I don't want to say there's no such thing as the norm, but sometimes there isn't. It really, it does, it does depend, but what am I trying to say? It's
0: just is. Sometimes it's yeah. just. Yeah. Like just be. Right. You know, instead of trying to find that box and, and, and one, and Tasha, you know, I think what, one of the things you're speaking to is what I was thinking about is there are subcultures.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so it's not just this one culture and that's it. And then you have to fit into that. Supposed norm,
1: yeah. Just so when
0: you're it's talking about generations
1: it's multi-faceted, right? It's multi-generational,
0: right? There, there's there's new culture of concepts that get gets formed all the time, um and it's part of just finding what works for you, or maybe just creating, mm-hmm. creating your own. You know, again, it's it's important to to us that just just be. And
1: also, like know. like times are are so ever changing, um, and what was appropriate back then may not even be appropriate now what was appropriate for our parents may not be appropriate now or vice versa you know where you know of course back then they they went to work with their hair nice and straightened got that good old relaxer you know the and set and uh-huh. where it wasn't appropriate to go to work with the afro probably and now it is uh-huh. um so to to also be mindful that we have come a long way on um, things that weren't deemed normal or safe are now and that it is okay to be proud and unapologetically you. Right. Whatever Absolutely. that uh, whatever that might look like.
0: Absolutely. And and knowing that you're not alone in that.
1: Yes. So be deviant sometimes. It is okay. It doesn't mean that there is mental illness. Um, it just means that you are being yourself and being yourself is true happiness and you will find your group of people, um, when you are being yourself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Until next episode, be informed, be supported, be empowered.